Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. This is the sermon for August 25th, 2019, the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is entitled, Does the Master Know You? and is based on Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hannell. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Even today, in a world where biblical literacy is shrinking, it's still a popular polling question to ask, and the results are always a little eye-opening. Do you believe in a heaven and a hell? Do you believe that there's a place of eternal bliss, but also a place of eternal punishment? And overwhelmingly, people still say that they believe that there are such places, a heaven and a hell. Well, then the next question that's usually asked is, do you believe that you will go to heaven? Do you believe that you will be in that good place? And maybe a smaller number, but still an overwhelming majority say, yes, if if there is such a place, and I believe there is, I believe that I will be there. Well, then the questioner asks, well, what about hell? Uh, who Who's going to be there? And usually people are able to come up with a, a few good examples of people that they know or think would be in hell, either people who have already passed away, or people that they still know to this day. But then, if you start to dig deeper and ask, well, why is it that certain people end up in in the good place, but other people end up in the bad place? That's when answers start to go every which way. But usually, if you try to find that common kernel, People say, well, it's it's the good people. The good people go to heaven. But what does that mean? And you find out that people are very good at overlooking their own misdeeds. But they're also very good at seeing those same misdeeds that they've overlooked in themselves in other people. But there are also some people who, in answering these questions, have a very strong sense of their selves. They have seen their hearts, and they realize that there's not a lot of good there. And these people are sort of in despair. Like, they might believe that there is a heaven, but they know, how could I ever end up there? I'm not that type of person. Well, this isn't just a modern-day polling question. The question of heaven and hell and who ends up where is a question that people have been asking for thousands of years. Our gospel reading today has someone asking a question just like that. Now, granted, his question's not exactly in those words. It has a very specific angle, but it's all about those eternal destinations of all people. The question that the person asked Jesus is this. How many, how many people are going to be saved? Is it just going to be a few of us there, or 
are there going to be a lot of people in God's kingdom? You might think, that's a good question. That's, that's a question that I've wondered myself. You know, when we live in this day and age when it seems like those in church faithfully are not those in church faithfully many years ago, that, that people are drifting away, that fewer and fewer people are coming. You, you start to wonder, how many people are going to be in heaven after all? It, it doesn't seem like it's as many as should be there. So you might think it's an interesting question, but what's interesting is Jesus' answer to that question. Because Jesus doesn't really answer the question, at least not in a simple and straightforward way. In fact, it seems like Jesus is speaking out of both sides of his mouth. On the one hand, he says that many will try to enter into God's kingdom, but they will not be able to. Now, that makes it sound like there aren't going to be a lot of people in God's kingdom. But on the other hand, he says not only will Abraham and Isaac and Jacob be there, but people will come from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. People from all different parts of the world, from very different backgrounds, they will come and they will recline at God's table, at that eternal feast in his kingdom. And so Jesus makes it sound like there are going to be a lot of people there in God's kingdom. So which is it? Just a few or quite a bit? Well, maybe Jesus' answer isn't uh, very settling for this question because I don't think Jesus wants us to focus on that question. That maybe that's not the most important question to ask. How many are in the kingdom of God? Instead, Jesus turns our attention to a question that is more important. The question that Jesus wants us to consider is, how are you? in the kingdom of God? How do you enter into God's kingdom? How do you find yourself to be a part of those blessed in that eternal feast and not those who have been locked out in a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth? Jesus says, that you should not presume that you have access to God's kingdom just because you know Jesus. Mere familiarity with Jesus is not enough. It's not enough to simply know the teachings of the Bible. That's not an automatic in. Jesus says there are people that will come on that day and the door will be closed and they'll want to get in and they'll say, we know you. We know you. We, we, we were among you. We heard you. You taught in our streets. And Jesus, the master of the house, will reply, I don't know you. I don't know where you're from. Depart. Away from here, you evildoers. See, it's not enough. It's not enough for you to know who Jesus is. 
It's not enough for you to simply come to church every week. Don't get me wrong, these are not bad places to start, but that's not where you must end. It's not enough simply to have Bibles in your home. It's not enough simply to know what the Bible says. That does not get you in. That might be unsettling to some of you. You might have thought, well, I thought, I thought I was doing this all right. Isn't that where I'm supposed to be? But how can Jesus speak that way to people like that, to, to people like me? But if you really think about Jesus' answer, it makes a lot of sense. Just because you know someone doesn't mean you're welcome into their homes. Think for a moment about the the most famous person that you know, the most famous person that you've met. Maybe it's an artist that you went to their concert or something, uh, and after the show you had a chance to to meet them, to, to talk to them, to introduce yourself. Maybe you were on vacation someplace and you, you happened to see a movie star and you went up to them and you got their autograph. Whoever that person is, imagine then that you follow them to their homes and you knock on their doors. Do you think that they're going to let you in? No way. In fact, you probably won't even get past the gate and the security guards or whatnot. The only way that they would let you into their house is if they knew you. If they considered you a friend. Because for you to say, I know you, you could still be a stranger to them. And if that's the case, the door is closed. The police are called, and soon there will be much weeping on your part. That's how it is with God's kingdom, too. God's kingdom, we must remember, is God's kingdom. It is not our kingdom. God's kingdom is where God is king. It is where He rules. It is where his will is accomplished. Now, it's true that God created all of us, and he created us to be a part of his kingdom, to to rule and have dominion over all of creation with him. But Adam and Eve kind of messed that one up. Adam and Eve got kicked out, barred, exiled, And because of Adam and Eve's sin, you and I are born into this situation where we are outside of God's kingdom. We are not cooperating with God. We are enemies of God. And so the gates to God's kingdom, they're closed to us. The doors are locked. The locks have been changed. We are on the outside looking in. But God provides a way. God provides a way for us who are on the outside to get in. For us who are on the outside to have access once more to his kingdom. God's way. 
His way to give us that access is not simply for us to to look in the mirror and to, to see who we are and say, ah, yes, I'm created by God. Of course, I deserve to be there. God's way is the cross. God's way is what Jesus has accomplished for us. For there on the cross, Jesus died, taking upon himself our sins and our failures, our brokenness, and he died our death. The cross is God's way. And Jesus, in our gospel reading today, I think is trying to point people back to himself for just this reason. And Luke carefully constructs his gospel so this cannot be missed. See, although Jesus does not here talk about the cross because he has not yet died on the cross, and so people wouldn't understand what he was talking about, Nevertheless, Luke knows that his readers can read the story again and again. And here, in this story, Luke tells us that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus is on his way to the cross. And the cross is at the background of this story the whole time. It's as if Luke wants us to know it's not enough for you to know Jesus. It's not enough for you to simply walk with Jesus for a bit of time. It's not enough for you to know some of his teachings. You must follow Jesus to Jerusalem. You must follow him all the way to the cross. Because it's only there that you realize it's not about what you know about Jesus. It's not about that mere knowledge. It's about a faith in who Jesus truly is and that Jesus knows you, that he knows your heart, that he knows what you needed the most, and that Jesus loves you that he loves you enough to give his life in exchange for your life so that you might have everlasting life through him. So how do you make it in God's kingdom? How do you have access to God's kingdom? Some of you might not always be sure. You might not think that your credentials are enough. They're not. That's why Jesus points us to himself. That's why Jesus wants us to hear those words, make every effort to enter in through the narrow door. Because Jesus... Jesus is that narrow door. Jesus is our way into God's kingdom. Jesus is the one who entered our world of sin and darkness and death. Jesus is the one who came into this world to rescue us, to rescue us from sin and eternal punishment. Jesus is the one who knows you, who speaks your name, 
Jesus is the one who pulled you through the baptismal waters into his kingdom. Jesus is the one who speaks those words of forgiveness to you. Jesus is the one who gives you his body and his blood. Let these things be your certainty. Your certainty. Not just that you know Jesus, but that Jesus knows you and loves you. Jesus is the narrow door. Jesus is the only way to God, the Heavenly Father. Jesus forgives your sins. Jesus gives you His robes of righteousness. Jesus has chosen you as His disciples. Remember this. And when you remember this, know, not just one day in the future will you enter into God's kingdom. Remember that you are in God's kingdom now, even today. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the Sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening, and God's blessings.